Imagine this. You have just won $10 million in the lottery. Congratulations. You have just eaten the most delicious, warm chocolate brownie that has ever been baked. You have just had sex. And you have just done all three at the same time. Congratulations to you too. In these situations, our brains produce chemicals called neurotransmitters, which give us these great feelings of energy, excitement, and happiness. And without such chemicals inside of us, we wouldn't feel such emotions during such pleasant circumstances. So instead, imagine this. You've just been fired. You're about to sit an exam. You have depression. In these situations, our brains instead produce different chemicals, making us feel stressed and anxious. The highs and lows of life are controlled by our emotions and these chemicals in our brains. This vital organ inside all of us that controls everything that we feel, think and do. I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. The clip in the beginning of this episode was a TED Talk by Dr. Robertson. Dr. Robertson goes on to discuss the link between our gut health and our brain and the importance of what nutrients we're putting in our body and why we should be aware of that if we want to improve our mental health and well-being. So today, we are going to talk about nutrition. For a long time, I never thought about what I put into my body. Food was food. Nutrients were nutrients. Growing up, we always had so much of everything. I was really fortunate in that way. And I grew up in an Italian family, so we always had a meat, a vegetable, a starch, and dessert. My mom would prepare that every meal, and I had lunches filled with snacks and sandwiches, and I always had Eggos right for breakfast, so I just pretty much ate whatever was given to me by my mother, and then then some, because we we were so fortunate to have that kind of lifestyle where we were just, you know, eating a lot. I, you know, look back on it and you think, oh, I probably ate a little too much. So all through college, um, my freshman, sophomore year of college, I was overweight. I was pretty much overweight all my life as a kid, except in eighth grade. In eighth grade, I started playing street hockey. And so I was so active that I really didn't feel the need to eat as often as and as much as I had in other years. But as soon as I went to college, I discovered fourth meal. Guys, you know what fourth meal is? That's like when you get to go after partying all night to the cafeteria and you know eat <laughs> fried chicken and waffles and mozzarella sticks and I did what feels good, right? I was impulsive. And so I gained the freshman 25. And I continued on in this pattern for a while until my nutrition, or I'm sorry, my endocrinologist, who was prescribing me Synthroid <clears throat> because I had been diagnosed with Hashimoto's hypothyroiditis when I was around nine years old. So I had taken 
or was prescribed Synthroid, and I had been seeing an endocrinologist. So as he watched my weight go up, he would caution me, he would caution my mother, and he would say, look, she's getting sick, she's unhealthy, her medication dose is really high. So finally, I was ready to do something about my diet, and I ended up um, doing this like liquid and prepackaged meal diet that was quote-unquote medically supervised, and that was the start of all things disordered eating. We were eating very little food, probably <clears throat> somewhere around like 700 calories a day, maybe a little more than that, and I was just taught that restricting was the way to do it. It's calories in, calories out. You need to eat very little and that's it. That's like the the only way to lose weight. And so I lost weight rapidly because I stuck to this program. You know, I had been very overweight at the time. Um, yeah, I'm 5'4", so I th I'm thinking I was around 175, like close to 200 pounds at that time. So I do this diet and it works. And then... I start to, like I talked about in earlier episodes, to have a really unhealthy relationship with food because, you know, I don't, if you've ever eaten 1,200, 1,000 calories a day, it's not a lot of food and I still liked to do what felt good. So when I started restricting and binging, you know, and just, you know, back to that pattern, I ended up not gaining weight just because of the, you know, taking all of that Synthroid. But I was never in a healthy place mindset wise and being in eating disorder treatment facilities I didn't I wasn't really taught about food I wasn't taught about foods that are good for your gut I wasn't ta taught anything about the chemicals in food about why you might want to stay away from processed sh foods and sugars I, that wasn't something that was ever taught to me I didn't know about it I didn't know what metabolic syndrome is and so I set out on a journey through my recovery to figure out what am I supposed to be eating? Why do certain foods really uh, feel like I can't stop eating them, like Oreos? You know, why can't I stop eating Oreos when I've seen people just eat one or two of these kinds of foods? So I just wanted to know more about my body, more about nutrition. I wanted an answer. I didn't want to live this calories in, calories out lifestyle of and like over-exercising and all of that disordered stuff. So I, through the CrossFit, CrossFit community, I came across Precision Nutrition, which is a nutrition certification. And... I decided that I wanted to get certified. So I went through their level one course and then I went through their master's level course and I learned just so much about nutrition. And while doing that, I also started to ascribe to a dairy-free, gluten-free, paleo, autoimmune diet to really see if what everyone kind of ranted and raved about in terms of the paleo diet or just, you know, whole eating whole foods actually had an impact and an effect on my impulsivity, on my depression, on my anxiety. And the answer is it absolutely did. What I eat matters. So when I was able to put down foods that created and caused inflammation in my body that were chemical, chemically laden, that were like, quote unquote, the standard diet in America, I was able to really reap the benefits 
of that. I had more stable blood sugar levels. I didn't obsess over food. I didn't engage in binge eating and restricting. I didn't have acne outbreaks. I didn't have these really high um, highs and lows in terms of my mood during the progesterone and estrogen fluctuation throughout the month. So today's episode hits really close to home for me because I was always overweight. I always struggled since a young child with being the chubby kid. You know, my mom would say in pictures, you know, suck that in. If only you weighed 10 last pounds, right? So that was me. Um, And so I didn't realize that all that time, it was partly, partly because I couldn't stop eating because I was impulsive, but partly because the kinds of foods that I were eating, that I was eating were inappropriate for my body. They created and caused inflammation and they actually made me sick. So today what we're going to do is talk about nutrition. I'll explain the paleo diet. I'll explain the ins and outs of eating in that way and why you might want to try it out. And this is all from my point of view. So I want to say in you know before I even start, the things that I'm going to talk about today are things that worked for me. What I would suggest is what exactly what Sam had done if you listened to that episode 2 weeks ago when I told told Sam about eating the in whole foods, eating unprocessed foods. She just took a leap. She tried it just to see if it would work for 30 days. Right? I don't think Sam got through the 30 days, but I would recommend 30 days. So no dairy, no gluten, no soy. You know, see what you can come up with for 30 days. And if it doesn't work for you, then you tried it. Awesome. Um, but I would really encourage you to give some thought to trying this out. Mental health disorders are more prevalent today than they have been in the past. Do you ever think to yourself, why is that? If you talk to your grandparents or your great-grandparents and you ask them what it was like back then, if they knew, you know, everyone around them had depression or anxiety or ADHD or Alzheimer's, they would probably look at you and say, well, that wasn't like that back then. And this is something that really just affects the, you know, newer generations. Well, we know that mental illness is serious and we also know that it is oftentimes scary. We know that it rears its head because of genetics, trauma, grief, and other events that are outside of our control, right? But we also know that there are things we can control in regards to our mental health. Food, nourishment, and nutrients can be connected to anxiety and depression, and we can control the foods, the nourishment, and the nutrients that we are providing our body If you wake up in the morning and you drive to Starbucks or to Dunkin' Donuts or even just right in your own kitchen and you have cream and sugar with a side of coffee and then you drive to lunch and you choose to get Subway so you have a meatball sub with cheese because it's healthy, then for dinner you don't really feel like cooking so you guys order a pizza. Think about what you've put in your body, how much nutrients, how much nourishment have you given your body? Not much, right? Not many nutrients in a Happy Meal. 
Not many nutrients in nuggets and fries. Not many nutrients in Skittles. Not many nutrients in soda. So if we want to look at the connection between food and mood, we need to take a look at the things that we are choosing to nourish our body with. The first thing that you can do in order to make some changes is you can drink water. I used to hate water. I can't even believe I'm saying that because now I love water. I used to hate it. I didn't like drinking it. I thought it tasted weird. I would drink anything. And my go-to drink was Diet Coke, right? Diet Coke, no calories. This is so good for you. It's not. Read the label on your Diet Coke can. Check and see what's in there. If you can't pronounce it, probably not the best idea. So if you really can't see yourself giving up Coke and sugary soft drinks or even juice, then add water to your day. You really want to drink six to eight glasses of water a day. And if you're feeling sluggish or slow or dehydrated or you have symptoms of dehydration, like your skin is kind of wrinkly, drink more than that. All right. So after water, we have vegetables. A lot of the people that come to see me and work with me, they want to improve their nutrition, but they don't eat any vegetables. There's no green in their diet. And this is people with mental illness and without. So I encourage you to add leafy green vegetables to your diet. It is so important that we have the nutrients that we can pull from vegetables. And I will talk a little bit about the specific vitamins that you can use or you'll need in your body to maintain better mental health in the next segment today. So we want to increase your vegetables We want to increase the fruits that you eat and we want to decrease the fast food, the packaged food, you know, the, you know, cookies and things that are packaged. Because if you look at the back of the labels of the food that you love to eat on a regular basis, you'll see exactly what I mean. There are so many weird things in it. And now I'm talking about all mental health, right? So I'm talking about depression and anxiety and that you need nutrients in order not to feel these feelings of depression, these feelings of anxiety, and to really maintain a good, you know, place, right? To maintain a good mood, I mean. And so if you don't have access to good nutrients and you're not feeding and fueling your body with things that are nourishing like water, and a rainbow of vegetables, and a range of fruits, and you're just eating like chicken nuggets, french fries, chips, snacks, things like that, then you're not providing your body the nutrients it needs to stabilize your blood sugar to get rid of that brain fog that you experience every day around two o'clock. Those of you that know what I'm talking about. So water, vegetables, And if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, awesome. Get your protein in. Do some research to figure out what protein sources are going to provide you with the nutrients you need from protein. Because protein has a lot of vitamins and nutrients that that are the building blocks of our cells and really fuel our energy production. Outside of protein... You want to have carbs. Listen, everybody, carbs are not bad. There are so many people that are terrified of eating a banana, especially my eating disorder folks. 
you know, it's not the banana that's the problem, right? It's not too many bananas that's really going to hurt you. You want to eat bananas. You want to eat sweet potatoes. You want to think with carbohydrates, slow, slow carbohydrates, things that aren't coming from a package. So again, we have fruits are carbohydrates. Bananas are carbohydrates. We have sweet potatoes. We have um, barley, beans, oats, quinoa, rye, wheat, if you can tolerate it. Those are all really great carbohydrates. Again, if you can tolerate gluten. So on your plate so far, you should have a half of your plate. Let's say if you are a man, you want to have three to four fistful sizes of vegetables. And if you're a um, smaller frame or a woman, you want to have two to three fistful size of vegetables. And with protein, you want to look at your hand and you can use your hand as a measurement. And you want to have a palm size thick portion, one to two portions of protein. And you want to have a cupped handful of whatever that carbohydrate is that you choose. Now, I also want to talk about fats. There is this fear that people have that fat makes you fat. Fat does not make you fat. Certain kinds of fats do, right? Like the oils that they're putting on the foods in fast food restaurants. But what about coconut oil? What about flaxseed, chia seed, avocado? Those fats are good for you. They are building blocks of energy again and they will really help you elevate your mood so what do we have we have water we have veggies we have fruits we have carbs that are complex carbs not packaged carbs we have fruit we have fats so those are the building blocks of a good meal so if right now you want to take these steps towards having this more stabilization of your blood sugar, more stable moods throughout the day. If you want to get rid of your brain fog, if you want to start to provide your body with nutrients, instead of taking things away, you could also choose to add in water, add in vegetables, add in protein to every meal. So that's one way of doing it. Now, I know I talked a little bit about paleo. So in the next segment, we're going to talk about um, eliminating gluten, wheat, and dairy from your diet. All right, so we already talked about foods, nutrients, and nourishments as being imperative, really important for your mood. Mood swings, wildly unstable moods, these things are characteristics of individuals with borderline personality disorder, right? Well, these kinds of moods have a lot of different causes. Hormones are the most famous factor outside of mental illness, right? So PMS, pregnancy, menopause, men that have low testosterone, you know, but in addition to mental illness and hormonal factors, diet is a factor in these mood swings, which is why it's so important for us as individuals tackling borderline personality disorder to tackle diet issues as well. Blood sugar control, gut health, and diet-related stress can all affect the stability of our moods. So sugar is a great emotional regulator. Plenty of people use sugar to regulate their own moods, right? 
So it's like when you're feeling really sad and you need a big food hug, so you self-medicate with chocolate or brownies or pizza or whatever. And the thing about using food to regulate your mood is that it works. So it's kind of scary, right? Because it really temporarily does make you feel a little bit better when you're having a bad day. But even if you're not trying to do that, even if you're not trying to use sugar as something that makes you feel happier or enhances your mood, levels of blood sugar and blood sugar control still have a giant effect on your mood. Think about someone with diabetes, and you might be out there and you have diabetes and BPD, but people with diabetes are very vulnerable to blood sugar highs and crashes, and highs and lows can cause instant changes in mood and behavior for people with diabetes, making the person hangry, irritable, even like violent sometimes and aggressive. So here's what you need to remember. Low blood sugar is associated with negative mood states like anxiety and nervousness, whereas high blood sugar is associated with positive mood states. But it can also be associated with different kind of negative moods if you have high blood sugar, like anger and sadness. So you really want to look into what that looks like for you individually. So we can probably agree that most people most people out there aren't diabetic, right? Most people don't really get to those diabetic level blood sugar lows where you're like really sick and kind of out of it. But blood sugar isn't a switch. You can't just flip it from healthy to diabetes. It's a spectrum from, think about it like on a spectrum from good blood sugar control at one end to diabetes on the other. But in between, just like with BPD existing on a spectrum, right, there are all these other issues and problems that arise as you get closer and closer and closer to the end of the spectrum where diabetes lay. So, you want to think about um, diabetes as like the worst possible scenario. Most people, even people on a typical diet or a quote-unquote standard American diet, they're just not that bad at regulating their blood sugar. But sometimes poor blood sugar control can make us more vulnerable to mood swings even if our blood sugar levels are rarely cross normal limits. So what that means is even if you kind of regulate your blood sugar okay um, but you have you're sensitive to managing this blood sugar level and you have mood swings when you feel hangry that you probably still need some help, even if you don't have diabetes, to manage your blood sugar levels. So I believe that paleo is a really good place to start. Why? Well, paleo helps you eliminate all foods that, have, that contain chemicals and that contain high levels of sugar. So if you want to try paleo, what do you do? Well, Paleo is going to be meats, veggies, and meats can be vegan too. So meats, veggies, very little fruit, low sugar fruit like berries, no dairy, no gluten, no wheat, no soy, just meats, veggies, and fats. So when you take out 
all of the chemicals in the food and all of the sugar in the food, what your body begins to do is it begins to heal. So over a 30-day period of time, you'll experience in the beginning it'll be difficult because you're going to experience those highs and lows in your blood sugar and the mood swings associated with that. But once you start choosing these healthy foods day in and day out, meat, veggies, fat, then you can start to see that your mood and your blood sugar will stabilize. And a lot of the times, if you're female and you track your ovulation and you track your period, that you will see that you won't have such extreme highs and lows during the month once you've started to eat this way. You'll also feel like your skin is clearer and you won't have as much inflammation. Now, paleo was a trend, right? So if you're like, well, I'm going to tune this out because I'm not going to do anything trendy. I understand that. But this idea of not eating chemicals and foods is a theory. My theory here is that people born with a hyperbolic temperament are hypersensitive. We're hypersensitive not just on the outside, but on the inside. There are actually studies right now looking at the connection between autoimmune disorders like lupus, like Lyme disease, like Hashimoto's hypothyroiditis, and borderline personality disorder. And there's a high positive correlation between individuals that have autoimmune disorders and have a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder. And so if we're hyperbolic and hypersensitive, with our the way that we regulate our emotions and our brain, then that can also be true for the foods that we are eating. So what do we say? Oh, Rose, we get the short end of the stick, huh? So we have awful blood sugar. We have, I'm sorry, awful mood swings. We have these fears of abandonment, and now I can't eat pizza and cheesecake? What? Well, um, it, <laughs> yeah, so I guess is the short answer. So if you already know that you don't have a, an uh, allergy to gluten and you don't have an allergy to dairy and you don't have an allergy to soy, fine, choose more nutrient-dense foods. But if you have no idea whether or not these foods bother you from, an, from the inside out, whether or not they f- affect your blood sugar, then I really suggest that you eliminate all dairy, all gluten, all wheat, and all soy, and you find a paleo template. I mean, you can go on Google and you can look up what it would mean to be paleo. You can download a shopping list for it. Um, You can reach out to me. You can even book one session and I can set you up with an awesome diet program that you can follow. And you can begin your journey of healing your body and preventing those blood sugar highs and lows which cause and create the mood swings that you experience. And you can also eliminate the chemically laden foods that your body is sensitive to. So for everyone out there with disordered eating behavior, I just want to put this out there as a disclaimer. I'm not saying that you shouldn't eat or you should create food rules or any of that. I'm saying that it's a good idea to eat to nourish your body. Food is supposed to be fuel for your body. It's not supposed to be a warm hug. It's not supposed to be something we're doing mindlessly while we watch Game of Thrones. It is supposed to be something that you're using to nourish your body. Are you feeling lost, frustrated, or resentment towards your loved ones, your friends, your family, your partner, your kids? 
Are you looking for online counseling or mindset and life coaching because of this pandemic? Go ahead and check out thriveonlinecounseling.com. Again, that's thriveonlinecounseling.com. We offer secure, convenient, and confidential telehealth sessions. You can schedule your free initial consult right online or even pay for your first 60-minute individual session. Give us a call at 1-844-984-7483 if you have any questions at all. Let us be a part of your recovery journey. So what about supplements? I'm often asked whether or not instead of going paleo, instead of choosing healthier, whole, unprocessed foods, people should just take vitamins. So while I do believe that supplements can be beneficial... It's very beneficial for you to get your nutrients from whole, unprocessed foods. So the next time that you go to the grocery store, don't go in the aisles, walk the perimeter. Go to the vegetables, go to the fruits, go to the meats, and then check out. That would be the best. But if you're curious, there are some supplements that are important and key for you to be taking, especially if you're a vegan or a vegetarian. The first one is vitamin B12. Vitamin B12 is found in meat and fish and it is incredibly important for energy production in our muscles and also more importantly in our brain. B12 is essential for our neurotransmitters. B12 deficiencies are often seen in vegans and vegetarians so if you're a vegan or a vegetarian you may want to consider supplementing with vitamin B12 or getting your levels checked even to determine whether or not you have subclinically low levels of vitamin B12. Remember, when you do a blood test, doctors are looking for the level that is within a range. But if you have low levels, they're really not going to look at it as significant because doctors, especially Western medicine doctors, are looking to treat illnesses. And a subclinical B12 level isn't an illness technically, even though you may be hypersensitive to that and may need supplementation. Okay, let's go to iron. Iron is found in red meat dark meat chicken, and in leafy green vegetables. Iron is key in synthesis of hemoglobin, which carries oxygen to our brain. Iron is also absolutely necessary for the synthesis of dopamine and serotonin. We all know that dopamine and serotonin are our feel-good hormones. So if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, again, not to call you out, but you want to make sure that you're supplementing with iron. I know that a lot of people, especially women that I work with, have iron um, deficiency anemia and they don't take an iron supplement. Why not do that? Or eat more red meat, dark meat chicken, and leafy green vegetables. I've had people start taking iron supplements and they just have so much more energy. They feel better. They're not cold. Their nails are not brittle. Okay. What other kinds of supplements? Well, I recommend that everyone that sees me either eat fermented foods like sauerkraut and kimchi or that they use a probiotic for gut health especially if you're not going to be eating dairy because you want to see if that creates inflammation you want to be able to get some probiotics in you so that you can heal some of the damage that all of the chemically laden processed foods has done to your gut i recommend a vitamin company called thorn t-h-o-r-n-e I just think that they have really good quality vitamins and not all vitamins are created equal, meaning you can get a vitamin, but it's not regulated by the FDA. So don't go out and choose the cheapest. Do your research. 
What I would suggest is the Flora Men Prime Probiotic by Thorn Research. You can get it on Amazon. And I would suggest that you take two of those a day, every day for 30 days. While you're doing this paleo whole unprocessed foods diet, I also recommend that you get a good multivitamin. Again, looking at Thorn, Thorn has a multivitamin with iron in it. It would be awesome for you to pick it up. It's a good way to get access to those nutrients right away as you're changing your diet, especially if you're someone who doesn't want to jump two feet in, you want to make slow changes over time. Either one of those is fine. So good supplements, vitamin B12, iron, a good all-around multivitamin, and probiotics. I also recommend if you experience ADHD symptoms that you get some omega-3s. And I really like Barleen's fish oil. It's like this orange cream sickle flavored fish oil that comes in a liquid. But you can go out there and research, find the vitamin company supplement that works for you and take some omega-3s. Awesome. So that's just a good introduction to supplements. I'm sure you've heard of other ones out there. I do get asked a lot about St. John's wort. That's just not something that I recommend because it was said to be like have a placebo effect. You know, so again, my goal is to get you to eat whole foods, unprocessed foods, to get you to look, to care enough about your body to understand that you have this hypersensitive way of being and that you should care enough about your body to look at the food that you're eating and to see whether or not it's going to hurt you, harm you, feed your impulses or heal you. Okay, so let's revisit and just summarize all the things I've talked about. So we really want to use food to elevate our mood, but not in an unhealthy way with processed junk food that's going to hurt our bodies, cause blood sugar swings and mood swings as a result, and make us sick and inflamed. So tip number one, eat real food, eat whole food, eat unprocessed food, try to choose organic food whenever it's possible in your budget. We don't go to Whole Foods and get our food. We go to Aldi, we go to Lidell or Little, I'm not sure what that place is called. I go to farmer's markets. I really try to buy what's in season so that our grocery bill isn't crazy high. I know people have concerns about that. But eat real food. Again, when you go in the grocery store, go Shop the perimeter of the grocery store. You don't need to go down the chip aisle because it's not real food. Get some fruit. Get veggies. Eat colorful amounts of food. Eat all colors. You want those um, antioxidants. So you want to have, look at your vegetables, red peppers, green peppers, orange peppers. You want bananas, pineapple, papaya, anything that's colorful. Get in those colors. My third tip for you is to eliminate processed sugar. Take time, eliminate processed sugar. We really do not need to be eating sugary cereals, sugary snacks all day long. Our bodies can't handle all of that sugar and it causes mood swings. If you have borderline personality disorder, you already have mood swings. (laughs) Let's try not to make them worse. All right, number four. Slow carbs, not no carbs. Listen, the carb phobia is a very interesting um, trend. We don't have to have carb phobia. I think that slow carbs are awesome. 
sweet potatoes are really great for as an example of a slow carb so get your fruits in get your slow carbs in not your processed foods replace the two for 30 days because we're talking about um taking away some of the chemicals and the inflammation in our body we want to choose foods that are gluten-free dairy-free um and soy free right gluten wheat dairy and soy um the next tip, optimize protein. Even if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you really want to choose good whole protein sources. Have chicken and use the palms, your palm, to figure out how much you need. Oftentimes in restaurants, they'll give us tons and tons of pasta and this teensy weensy little bit of protein. You want more protein. You want to have one to two palm size if you're smaller framed or a female or two to three palm sizes if you're a man your larger frame of chicken or fish or whatever protein source you prefer healthy fats is the next tip you want to choose healthy fats instead of having canola oil you want to choose all you can choose olive oil you can choose avocado oil avocados um, almonds uh, brazil nuts um, you can choose Almond butter, avocados, not just avocado oil. Those are some really great healthy fats and you don't want to be scared of fat because if you're not going in the middle aisles and you're going to be eating this paleo way or this whole unprocessed foods way, you're going to be hungry and the fats will help satiate you. So don't be afraid of fats. Have um, a thumb-sized serving of fats at each meal. And the last tip is supplements or our supplements. You want a good multivitamin with B12 and iron. And you want to choose a probiotic. And you want to make sure you research your vitamin company. So that way you know that the company that you're choosing doesn't put fillers in their vitamins. Perfect. And I also just want to put out some meal ideas. So a typical day of eating for me will probably be eggs and sausage or eggs and nitrate-free bacon for breakfast. For lunch, I'll have tuna salad with avocado oil mayo or just olive oil, and I ha I'll have that over a bed of lettuce, and I'll have an apple for a snack. And then for dinner, I usually have big dinners, and I'll have Brussels sprouts and bacon or chicken and sweet potatoes and broccoli things like that. We also really love fish in our house, so we'll have salmon, we'll have tilapia, we'll have stuffed peppers without the rice. Those are some ideas of foods that you can you can cook for yourself while you're trying to go in this process. And like I said earlier, making the switch here is easy. Paleo was a big trend, so you can just kind of Google paleo meal plans, get on Pinterest, and just start cooking up a storm. And if you're out there and you're working on identity development, this is awesome. Cooking can be something that you're doing to fill your time, to distract yourself from intense emotions, and it also helps you nourish and take care of your body as a form of self-care. Perfect. So this ended up being a really lengthy episode, so we're going to wait and talk about movement in another episode next week. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you guys have an awesome week, and if this is helpful for you, please reach out if you have any questions.
Okay, thanks for listening. That was from Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from the last episodes, and I'd love to hear whatever questions you have, too. Just download the Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. We'll have all those links in the show description. Okay, we made it. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rose Skeeters, and I'll be back next week with another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Talk to you then.